Hi everyone, this is Siddhant and welcome to a brand new episode of the MOM podcast, Let's Do Shots. There's been a lot of chatter about musicians owning their music lately, thanks to the one and only Miss Taylor Swift. In case you missed it, Tete is on a crusade. She's re-recording all her old songs and releasing them all over again to reclaim ownership of her life's work. But wait, don't artists own their music if they are the ones making it? Unfortunately, the answer is no. They're usually owned by the record label the artist is signed with. So if a label owns your music, they are the ones who will also profit from it. They can make deals and decisions with your music without your approval. And that's what happened with Taylor Swift, whose entire catalogue of music was sold without her knowledge and without giving her a fair chance to own her own work. Which brings me to the very interesting story of how Michael Jackson came to own almost the entire Beatles catalogue. If you're wondering what makes the story so spicy, it's that MJ and Paul McCartney, the Beatles legend, were very close friends until this happened. Sit tight, because this one's a bit saucy. For this story, we're going back all the way to 1982 when Michael Jackson released his sixth studio album, Thriller. And it was a hit. The album raked in millions of dollars and solidified his position as the king of pop. MJ was also a huge Beatles fan. So one day in 1983, he rang up Paul McCartney and asked him if he'd be interested in making some music with him. McCartney said yes, and together they created the hit single, Say Say Say, in the process of which the two of them became really good friends. They started spending a lot of time together, and MJ would even go over to McCartney's house for dinner with his family. It was during this time that McCartney gave the young star some solid advice to get into the lucrative business of publishing music, just like record labels. He showed him some catalogues that he had managed to acquire, and Jackson was intrigued. He jokingly said to McCartney, One day, I'll own your songs. Now, McCartney had himself gone through the heart-wrenching process of losing ownership of his songs. His music was owned by Northern Songs, a music publishing company he co-owned with John Lennon and two others. These two others are significant though, because they sold their stake to ATV Music without giving any warning to McCartney and Lennon, who eventually lost control of their music. After his meeting with the Beatles legend, MJ told his lawyer, John Branker, he wanted to buy some catalogues just like McCartney had. And so they did. They managed to get their hands on a bunch of great catalogues. But one day, Branker told Jackson that ATV Music was up for sale. The ATV catalog had over 4,000 songs, including the works of Elvis, Bruce Springsteen, The Rolling Stones, and other brilliant artists. However, The Jewel in the Crown was 251 songs by The Beatles which included hits like Hey Jude, Yesterday and Let It Be, which McCartney wrote for his mother who died of cancer. Being a huge Beatles fan, growing up watching Beatlemania unfold in front of his own eyes, owning the catalogue would be a dream come true for him. So MJ was determined to own a part of music history. But there were other takers as well, including Paul McCartney himself and the late John Lennon's widow. Unfortunately for them, the price was too high. Thus, the catalogue was out of reach for them. The price of the catalogue kept climbing over the many months of negotiation, but MJ was adamant. His attorney initially bid $30 million on his behalf, but the singer wanted to go all in. He said that you can't put a price on a Picasso. You can't put a price on these songs. They're the best songs that have ever been written. 
After months of back and forth, on the night of August 10th, 1985, the King of Pop purchased ATV Music for $47.5 million. The deal went through and made him the most successful artist of all time. Michael Jackson went from being just a musician to a music mogul overnight. As you might have guessed by now, his dear friend Paul McCartney felt betrayed. In one of the many interviews Paul gave about this situation, he said, Dodgy to do something like that, to be someone's friend and then buy the rug they are standing on. On the other hand, John Lennon's widow said she was fine with Jackson owning the songs rather than a huge corporation. And that's how the friendship between the two music legends reached a breaking point. A decade later, in 1995, MJ ended up selling half of ATV to Sony for about $100 million. Finally, when MJ passed away in 2009, Sony agreed to buy his share in Sony ATV for $750 million and became the sole owner of the Lennon-McCartney catalogue. But hold on, let's also talk about Paul McCartney and what's happening now. There is this beautiful little act in America called the US Copyright Act of 1976. It allows songwriters to reclaim ownership of their songs written before 1978 once 56 years have passed. So if a song was released in 1960, the ownership could be reclaimed in 2016. For the earliest Beatles song, this 56-year term ended in 2018. So McCartney sued Sony in 2018 and was finally victorious in owning a big chunk of his life's work from the 1960s. And can you guess what experts say the Beatles catalogue could be worth today? One billion dollars. (laughs) 